Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day -day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. I'm super excited um, to have a very spontaneous podcast guest on my show today, and it's no other than Patrick Porter, um, Dr. Patrick Porter, to be more specific. Um, hi, Patrick. How are you today? Hello. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, being here and doing this podcast interview with me so spontaneously. Mm -hmm. um, so in order to pick our listeners up, but also to pick me up, because we literally really jumped right in, um, tell us a little bit about your day. So I would like to know, on, I would like to know where are you located, um, what time is it, and what have you been up to today? Okay. Well, today it is, um, I think it's December I'm not sure. I'm just got it's December 10th, and we're here in New Bern, North Carolina. Just got back from a trip to from India. Was there for uh, almost four weeks, uh, teaching and training about our technology. And uh, today I came back home to uh, relocating our office, so I get to the joys of moving and finding my boxes in my office and un unpacking and just uh, getting yeah. set up. But uh, typically my day consists of. Uh, communicating with people like yourself and explaining how the brain works and how we can maximize brain function. Mm -hmm. Great. And I would love to talk about that with you today in the podcast mm -hmm. as well. So in order to give our listeners a little bit more insights into who you are, can you just maybe introduce yourself quickly and talk about the 20 plus books <laughs> that you've been writing over the last couple of years? All right. Well, my, my whole life pretty much has been involved with improving brain function. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was in second grade, I, got, I was held back. And uh, my dad, who was a chronic alcoholic, got help with, uh, with his alcoholism by learning how to de-stress. So it fits right into your category. Mm -hmm. He went to a stress seminar, learned, learned that he could de-stress using his mind instead of alcohol. And he decided to teach his kids that. And so uh, what he became a Silva instructor, which is a mind... Uh, training. They used to call it Silva mind control. Okay. Uh, now they call it the Silva method. And it basically teaches people to go to alpha and relax. And that was my background. I went to school for electronics first. So when people see some of the gadgets that I've created over the years, and, <laughs> and but my PhD is in psychology of counseling. So mm -hmm. uh, I used to have the world's largest self-help franchise. Uh, we had 108 locations around America when I sold it in 2002. And um, I've been helping doctors implement brain-based uh, models into their practice. Uh, mm -hmm. That's our connection with Wavi because I introduced their technology to our doctors because they have a great way to measure brain function. And then we have, a, we have one of the tools they can use to help uh, repair it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And now you're doing BrainTap. Let's hear about that a little bit as well. What is BrainTap? Yeah. Because Rob, yeah. um, if people have listened to the podcast before, um, Rob talks about your, your BrainTap um, method in order to relax and um, help him improve his sleep. So that's why we got connected. And I would love to hear what BrainTap is as well. Okay. So brain tap, if you think about tapping your brain's potential, most of us will agree that we're not using our full potential, whether we're using five or 10 or 15 or even 50%, there's still a lot more of our brain to use. So mm -hmm. we wanted to do early on in the, in the 80s, before there was neurofeedback, there was something called biofeedback, which was like breathing, respiration, hand temperature, 
Um, those kind of things we would measure uh, using GSR machines. We could see if somebody was an alpha. And we were trying to figure out how could we get people to relax, uh, but they were in pain. And that's when, luckily for us, the EEPROM chip came out and electronics was really born the way we see it now, like consumer electronics. So we created the first portable light and sound machine. We called it the MC Square because I'm a big follower of Einstein. Okay. And uh, my first book, it, it won the best how-to book in 1994. It's called Awaken the Genius and has a picture of Einstein flying through space. And, and I believe that Einstein isn't a one-off, that every one of us has this potential. In fact, the word genius comes from uh, Roman mythology, which says each one of us has talents and skills, and it's all held by our genie. And if we use our genie, then we become a genius. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, most people think it's somebody else who like, was born under a certain star or they were good at math and science or whatever, but everyone has a certain genius. And so my, my goal at that point was to help kids like myself, who I was an artist, and then my brain took a while to, you know, mature. Um, it did. I think meditation and relaxation really helped that um, over the years. And so we, we started to use this brain machine, just using light and sound to trigger. So when somebody's thinking, why would you do that? Well, we're using ancient science, really. We're bringing it into the present because people used to do something called jyoti meditations, which is meditating to a candle. And when you meditate to a candle, that candle is actually flickering at 10 hertz frequency. Mm -hmm. That's alpha. So alpha is the place when you go there in our brain, it's where you go when you're in love or you're doing something you enjoy, you're doing a, a, a hobby or something like that. But your brain creates a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine. Mm -hmm. this, this neuropeptide and how it makes you feel, you feel really good. And that's also where you have these creative insights and things like that. So it's really important to get to, get to alpha. Uh, but the key really is to get to theta. And so, but with a candle, we could get to alpha. So when you're looking at a candle flicker and you're breathing and you're just moving it, your brain is synchronizing with the candles flickering, which happens to be 10 hertz frequency. Mm -hmm. So our bodies, like for you and I, if, if, if we were to uh, meet, let's say in San Diego and be sitting by the ocean and listening to the waves, if we were tired from the flight, we might close our eyes and even take a nap or, you know, mm -hmm. we're gonna relax there because that ocean is actually also at 10 hertz frequency when the waves come in. So when people go to the ocean, they go, I love the ocean. Well, yeah, all the neurotransmitters are there just like you're in love. Um, the same thing happens with a sunrise and a sunset with mm -hmm. light that we use. We chose specific light with the brain tap because our brain craves sunrises and sunsets. Um, what's, there's a 470 nanometer light, 633 nanometer light. Those are the two we use. Now there's other light frequencies too, but those are the two that we can safely use uh, with the brain tap and help to guide somebody into these altered states where they can't go on their own. I mean, a lot of people would love to have the benefits of meditation, but they don't have the patience to mm -hmm. learn meditation. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. And when we talk about Rob and what they've done at Wabi, the reason it helps with sleep is every one of us was born with the capacity to sleep. You know, when we're, when somebody says sleep's like a baby, they don't mean was up every two hours crying with a wet diaper. Usually they, you know, exactly. yeah. yeah, usually they say I slept like a baby because they slept soundly through the night because we're, that's the way we're inherently born. But what happens is stress comes up and when stress affects us and burnout and things of that, then the brain starts to habituate toward more of a beta brainwave. And beta is good for what it's meant for. Uh, but if you stay in beta too long, it's, it's almost like you have the gas pedal 
mashed to the floor and you're going as fast as you can and you, you don't know where the brake went anymore. You're gonna burn out all the systems of the body. So what we wanna do is turn off, we would call that system your sympathetic system mm -hmm. or we call it the survival brain. Mm -hmm. So if you have a, your survival brain is always working because you're so on guard and you're so stressed out. So what we wanna do is turn on your healing brain or what is called the parasympathetic system, get the autonomic nervous system regulating so that when it's time to be stressed, you can be stressed and get the work done or exercise or you know dance, whatever you wanna do that's gonna, we wanna make it more pleasurable than, than not. And then when it's time to shut all that off, you can turn your brain off and go to sleep again. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So BrainTap is basically two different light systems and also sound systems, right? And right. Do, do you basically sell then lamps or like like what if somebody doesn't know what brain tap is and you're explaining these things like what would they get first of all it's an app so okay. they can download an app from their app store they can actually go to braintap.pro mm -hmm. which is um, a site where they can get free access to the app and a free copy of one of my newer books called thrive and overdrive uh, is there and that that link will explain it to them so the app is just sound so everything in the universe is light sound and vibration mm -hmm. so there's different vibratory frequencies that things are at a lot of people are learning more about that because of g5 and you know g3 and all the negatives that are out there but there's mm -hmm. also healing frequencies mm -hmm. so we're going to use 197 hertz which is a healing frequency that actually instructs the brain and bones to relax turn off the sympathetic overload And we develop that with light. So even though our light in our ears, when somebody says, why do you have lights in the ears? Well, the, the, all the blood in the body circulates through the ears every three to four minutes. Now the blood in the rest of your body circulates about every 45 seconds. So that means it's slowing down the hemoglobin and the blood that's flowing through the ears. And now we can dose it with light. The way light works and, and light is becoming fast. It's fastly becoming the most go-to drug on the market even though it's not really a drug but it's a it's the most under prescribed nutrient our body needs nutrition of light that's what they that's why if somebody doesn't get it to get seasonal affective disorder and the brain doesn't function right so when but when we're what happens is hemoglobin is designed to absorb photons whether it's the outside sunlight or the negative fluorescent lights we might be under if we're in a, the wrong work environment but that light is being absorbed by the hemoglobin it flows around the body now if it's the healing light like we're doing with 470 and 633, now it's going to circulate through the body. It's going to find a cell that it's about to die, which all of our cells at about 50,000 cells per second are re being replaced. Mm -hmm. If it finds the ones, especially in the brain, because the blood goes from the ears into the brain. So now we're going to start healing the brain from the inside out by bringing to it vasodilation, blood flow, circulation. This happens with the light frequency. So then what happens is the brain then responds with this light, sound, and vibration, and it imitates a cycle of sleep. So even though it takes 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, the ear lights are very important. And then we have lights in the eyes. Uh, your eyes are closed, so you, some people don't even notice the lights are on because mm -hmm. they're, they're just bright enough. 470 nanometer light doesn't really penetrate that deeply into the eyes, and it's not the blue light like you read about in all the... It's only eight LEDs. It's not a thousand two hundred and eight like like the screen of your iPad or something like that. But it the what it does is that light. Your eyes are not just attached to your brain. Your eyes are brain matter. So when somebody says, "Wow, you've got beautiful eyes," they're really saying, "Wow, you've got a beautiful brain," mm -hmm. because they're looking at your brain. So the brain matter actually absorbs the light, and it starts to heal 
the brain because it's called photobiomodulation. So what happens is the photons modulate through the body. They continue to circulate until they find the area of the body that's most in need of healing or repair. And in most cases, most of us have a very inflamed brain. Uh, the inflammation is really high. Uh, when we scan people with the lobby or with other technologies, we find that they're primarily in delta. Mm -hmm. uh, delta for the listeners is the, where you want to go when you sleep. But unfortunately, we find that about 95% of the people we scan have predominant delta while they're awake. Now, the downside to this is you get really tired really fast, and it feels like you are running with a parachute behind you because the brain's wanting to shut down. So if you can think of your computer, every time you bring up your computer, you keep getting an ag screen that says, please reboot, please reboot, please reboot. That's really what the brain's doing all day long to these people that are fun. So, but with the brain tap, we found that within usually 21 to 28 days, we can re-regulate the, these different brainwave states and get somebody to, you want to really be about 40 to 45% beta, which is the wide awake alert. We call it reactionary mind, which isn't a bad, it's not a, it's not like an evil part of your brain, but it's also the part that if you get stuck in there, it can seem like, it. you know, it's, it would seem to some people that they're on a bus with Freddy Krueger and they're chained to the back of the bus and it's just their conscious mind running around, you know, being crazy. But then you get into alpha, that's a little more relaxed. We call it the intuitive mind. Mm -hmm. And then we found out that when you go through alpha, 10 hertz frequency, you get what's called a gamma burst. Now, gamma is becoming really important, especially for those out there really worried about Alzheimer's. The biggest fear in the world right now is not public speaking anymore. It's fear that you're going to lose your memories and not know who you are and your family's going to have to take care of you. Well, they now know that uh, if you can generate gamma, you, it's a resonant frequency, kind of like hitting a tuning fork. And you ever see on YouTube where somebody hits a glass they, and they have perfect pitch, then they match that pitch and they can break mm -hmm. a glass with their voice. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of what happens with gamma and amyloid plaque in the brain. So okay. we can't really trigger gamma with light because it's 40 hertz frequency. It'd be like going into a nightclub and you're you know, really flashing. But mm -hmm. the brain actually has a corresponding mirror, like it's almost like a reflection when you're in alpha, and then when you're in theta, you get this increase in gamma activity. Uh, in our studies, we showed about a 23% improvement in gamma by doing a relaxation session with the brain tap. So that's very significant because some of the studies they showed there just doing gamma training, they were only able to get 6%. So the, but we, we believe that the brain, all the brain waves are important. There's not one that's more important than any other. It's just the amount during the activity. Of course, during sleep, you want to have 90 to 95% delta if possible, have that deep sleep. Because the brain only, one of the things most people don't realize, but the medical community actually did a whole uh, documentary on this with American Scientific in 2016. They showed that the lymphatic system of the brain only opens up to detoxify the brain during level four sleep. So when you, when you reach level four sleep, which a lot of people think they need to sleep eight hours or 10 hours or whatever, the reality is we need a minimum of about an hour of deep sleep, a minimum of uh, two hours of REM sleep, and the rest really doesn't matter. I mean, if you can get those, you, even if you slept five hours, you're gonna feel energized, and ready to take on your day. But if you miss any of those, if you miss the REM sleep or you miss the deep sleep, you'll feel it the next day. That's what a lot of these, these uh, smart watches and 
uh, whether it's the Aura Ring or one of those devices where they can measure your sleep. If people start monitoring their sleep, they'll notice, hey, if I have two glasses of wine, I'm not getting deep sleep anymore. Or if I eat hamburger, let's say, I'm not getting, you know, whatever it is. That you, some people can eat it no problem or whatever. Maybe they had a cup of coffee at eight o'clock and then they didn't sleep well. They can start noticing, hey, these are my behaviors and this is how it's responding in my sleep cycle. Yeah. And so one question to that, actually, and this is also interesting. I would love to just have you keep talking. <laughs> But, um, um, you know, so I'm sure that a lot of my listeners that are listening right now, they do have issues with sleep um, because uh, I, I can relate to that as well. I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to it that, first of all, we have trouble falling asleep. And then once we are finally asleep, we might need to get up again because The, you know, nature is calling um, and then they have trouble going back to sleep because we start to think of something that we need to get done by our, you know, heart rate is going up and um, our thoughts are, you know, circling in our head. Are we then moving basically from um, alpha, no, yeah, from alpha to beta waves or from? Yeah. yeah. What, what typically happens if you can think of you're going through these cycles at night, you're not in any one for a long time, mm -hmm. but if you, let's say that you're on an up cycle, and you hear a loud noise outside, or you have to go to the bathroom, then what happens is, boom, you're popped up into beta. Now, depending upon your behavioral flexibility, you can slip back down into alpha and theta. But I tell people it's like pushing a balloon underwater. If you've ever played with balloons in the water in a swimming pool, and you're holding them underwater, it's kind of hard. But as soon as it presses and reaches that surface, it pops above it, it's hard to push the balloon back under. That's kind of the way the sleep cycle works. So we, what we tell people is that Uh, you can train your brain, obviously, to go to sleep and, and wake up, but most people have never trained themselves. Like going to sleep fast, a lot of people think, oh, I hit the pillow and I go to sleep, but I wake up two hours later. Well, the reason they woke up two hours later is they hit the pillow and went to sleep. That's probably the worst thing you can do. Your body is like a spring that's been wound up. And so when you're in bed, that's, if you need to, you might need to do a forgiveness prayer or, you know, <laughs> something if you, you carried a lot of anxiety to bed with you or whatever, yeah. or, you know, just what are you blessed for? How do you appreciate your body? Do something to kind of review your day. That's why a lot of our brain tapping sessions, we teach people how to review. Because if you don't review and retrain your brain, all the short-term memories you had today will not be stored as long-term memory, memory in the future if you don't go through this cycle. And that's why memories are being lost because people, it used to be you'd lay down, maybe you'd look at the stars and you know, it was one of those nights and you just kind of daydream and then pretty soon you're waking up in the morning and go, wow, that was, that was nice. You know, now we go, oh, we got to go to sleep fast. We go to the bed, you know, we turn off all the lights, we jump under the covers and we think, oh, I'm supposed to be instantly asleep. Yeah. That's, I love that you're uh, saying that because like we try to optimize everything, right? So we optimize our like five hours of sleep. So we hope that we get, <laughs> we get into bed, we close our eyes, we sleep, and then we have the, yeah, that's so, right. So if, if you can think of your body is like a capacitor, an electronic circuit, a capacitor holds a charge. And then at a preset point, it discharges. So if you think about it, we all are like that. If we're, we're holding this charge all day long, and if a police officer pulls us over, we're not going to discharge on the police officer. But when we get home, whoever loves us, they're going to get that discharge, you know, because yeah. that energy has got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we've got to learn to, that's where meditation comes in, stress reduction techniques, those mm -hmm. kind of things that you're teaching your audience. Those are the things that they need to learn because we need to move energy, energy and motion. That's emotion. Mm -hmm. But if energy stuck, all negative emotions are stuck states. Think of, think of anger, resentment, fear, frustration, 
all of those states, are, they all have one thing in common, no breathing. So the best thing people can do is learn to breathe through difficult situations. At night when you're going to sleep, learn to breathe deeply. In fact, you should breathe out twice as long as you breathe in while you're going to sleep. And that will set your rhythm of your heart rate so that you have this coherency. Uh, most yeah. people don't know that your heart actually has 40,000 neurocells. And those 40,000 neurocells actually communicate twice as much to the brain as the brain communicates to the heart. So our heart's got to be in what we do. Uh, you know, so if, if we don't love ourselves, we don't love our job, we don't love our relationship, whatever it is, then that's when we really have to bring things in and um, really make peace with ourselves, if you will. And that's what night's about, is a, is a time of reflection. Just like the sun reflects off the moon, we need to use that time to reflect and process and then wake up the next day saying, hey, whatever I did yesterday, that was the best thing I could do you know, I'm going to do better today and I'm going to, today's going to be joyful. It's going to be fun, whatever. And then what happens is we start to predict our own future and create it by our predictions. Yeah. Incredible. Um, okay. One more question on what you just all told us about. And um, one thing that you mentioned was light, right? So mm -hmm. I'm sure that again, a lot of people listen now and they might be uh, located, for example, in Dublin in Ireland, where it's mm -hmm. very dark and very um, gray during the day, especially in the winter time. Um, do we still get that light that you talked about, that natural healthy light, even if it's gray outside and even if it's rainy outside, or do we need to do then something additional? No, you need to do something additional. When it's okay. actually the lux from the sun uh, goes down almost 90% in a cloudy day. That's why people live in New York and places like that. They get the seasonal affective disorder. Inside light is only like one-tenth the light of the sun. So if you're inside all the time, our bodies, just to put into perspective for people, if you don't go to sleep before 10 or 11 o'clock at night, your brain never gets the signal to make melatonin. And it gets that signal from light the light from our sun. So what happens is when we're, when we're going to sleep, now melatonin is really important for our brain because it's our brain cleaner. If we don't, if we, that's why people have to supplement it if they don't get enough of it. Now, the other thing is in the morning, there's, there's a reason that the rishis and the people that did yoga, they would get up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. In their ancient script, it showed that when they get hit by that light, the light from the sun at that time is infrared. We now know infrared is the most healing light for the brain. But you get that in the morning between four and six o'clock. So when, when you're, if you're outside doing that, you're going to get that light. Um, and so we know infrared, but how did they know 10,000 years ago? So there's, there's all this research that we're finding out that, you know, the ancients knew about. Now we can, we can basically biohack because we can use technology to get the same thing. They actually, if, if your listeners look up John Ott, O-T-T, um, John Ott, he created the Ott light generator. You can put it next to your desk. And the, the Ott light generator, I, I live in a kind of a tropical area of, of North Carolina, but we get sunshine almost every day. But if you're not in a place where you get sunshine every day, and even different than that, like um, some people just get a panel and put it next to their computer because it gives you the light your body needs. Um, to you know to thrive in this in this day and age because we we go from our cars to our houses to other buildings we're not outside we're designed to be outside hunting and gathering and gardening and doing those kind of things and we just don't do that anymore hmm. very interesting and um 
one other thing that I was, well, let, let me take a step back actually. So I learned about brainwaves when I read the book and listened to the book from Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That's the first time I was ex exposed and really read about those different brain states. I think they're so fascinating and you actually talked about each and every single one of them, but could you um, summarize it for us one more time and go through each state and say, what is alpha, what is gamma, what is... Okay. So let's let's start at the very top with gamma. Okay. Gamma is very misunderstood and it's just basically in the last 10 years we've been able to measure it and find out about it. But we know that if you were a healer or a very creative artistic person or when you're in the flow, let's say the flow state, you probably have a high amount of gamma going. And gamma is a, uh, when we've measured healers, like hands-on healers where their hands get really warm and they touch you and things like that, they're generating an incredible amount of gamma. The, the monks in Wisconsin that they did the research on for uh, altered states, they all generated an enormous amount of gamma, 35 to 40% gamma, which is, which is a high amount. Uh, most people are functioning on about one to 2% of their brain in gamma, just to give you an idea. So then the next one is beta. Yeah, so, so beta is where most people live, un, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, primarily. And uh, beta is, we call it the reactionary mind. It's where fear, frustration, and anxiety reside. It's the only brain waves that actually control those. If you have those emotional states and other brain waves, you probably have a mental disorder or something like that because uh, you don't want that. When, when, they, when it creeps too much into alpha, you start getting anxiety disorders and you know, things like that. So, but it's there. It's designed to protect you. We have a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And its whole job is to make sure you're safe, that you're protected. And so it's always scanning your environment. Now, once it knows your environment's safe, it should shut off. You don't want your sentinels on all the time, especially if you're on a date or something. You know, you, you want to be able to relax and have fun without alcohol or something. You know, that's what alcohol does. It turns off that particular activating system and people start doing things that yeah. they do otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so then the next brainwave is called alpha. Okay, alpha so can I stop you one sure. second? Um, question on beta. I heard that there's like, even like you can look at different levels of beta and... Um, we are obviously most of the day when we are in the awakened state, we are in beta, right? Right. And then if we We're are in primarily a, in beta, yeah. Yeah. And then if we are in a really high stress state, we there's like a higher frequency of beta. Is that correct as well? No, there's one between beta and alpha called SMR, sensory motor rhythm. Okay. And if you don't reach that, that's between uh, 10 and 13 cycles per second. That's the one as we get better looking and more intelligent with age that we start to lose. You know, so in okay. um, that's the one you need to train for cognition. If you're too high, you're getting close to gamma, you'll have high anxiety and stress. There might, they can actually break down the brain waves into about 19 different spectrums. Um, but I've not heard the one above beta reflected that much. There's um, the lower delta they call epsilon or something like that. It's like the below two, two brainwave cycles per second. So beta, the, the primary thing with beta is in the city, like if somebody were to live in, let's say, San Francisco, Raleigh, New York, LA, something like that, that city functions at 18 cycles per second or higher. That's why people from the country where the country's functioning at about, you know, 10 to 12 cycles per second, you know, uh, we had a friend when I lived in San Francisco that came to New York with us. She had to go home after two days. She couldn't handle it. She lived on a horse farm out in Livermore and she just could not handle you know, the energy just was too much for her because our body's always matching its environment. And so that's why we, you, you find 
some people like to go sh- it's christmas season right now right so yeah. some people will not go near the mall right now because it's yeah. crazy but yeah. other people love it they go there and they just they feed off all that energy and yeah. you know that's so interesting yeah i'm i'm even thinking have you heard of highly sensitive people oh yes mm-hmm. yeah and i i count myself as an hsp as well and i mm-hmm. have the same reaction when i go to new york or san francisco i do not like that. Um, well, we, we, have a, like we have, a, yeah, we have another device that measures your heart rate. Uh, it's our heart rate variability machine. And your heart actually, when we're doing EEG like with Wabi, that we have to use the, we have to put it right on your head and use the saline solution to get that electrical activity because it's, it's not a lot. But your heart actually resonates a field of 18 feet around you. And what we found is that some people, while we're doing the scan, if we're doing it at a show, a trade show, and somebody walks behind certain people, it resets the whole machine. So they walked into their field and they wow. didn't even see them. They weren't even there. But huh. your field extends out about 18 feet. Some mm-hmm. people actually, it's like you're uh, like Spider-Man, you have these, spidey, these, tight, these tingly senses. And some people are so sensitive, like every time somebody would walk through, so we'd have to set up the chair so that nobody could walk into their field without them seeing it. If they, we noticed if they could see it, it wasn't a problem. But if they didn't see it, it would still disrupt the, the, because it's a magnetic field instead of electronic field. So we, we have all these fields of energy that surround us. And some people are more tuned into those than others. Yeah. Like yourself, super, perhaps. Yeah, so super interesting. Okay, so alpha. So we talked about beta. So yeah. alpha is, is more known for intuition, creativity, those kind of states. Um, it's where you go, like I said, when you're in love or you're doing a hobby, something you enjoy. It's, it's the action of the state where Einstein said, if you're with a beautiful woman for an hour, it seems like a minute. You're sitting in a hot stove for a minute. It seems like an hour. So, you know, there's no time there. You could be doing something you love. And yeah. it's like, whoa, well, you know, the old song by Jim Croce, you know, when you find the things you love to do, there's never enough time. There, the, the reality is that time is suspended in these other states. Uh, also, it becomes a pain-free state uh, because your brain, we, in order for any opioid to work, we have to have opioid receptors in our brain. And we now know that we do. So we start turning on these opioid receptors. So we start giving ourselves our own neurotransmitters and neurodrugs. Our brain can release 30,000 neurochemicals with just a thought. So if we start thinking the right thoughts, we start tapping into the world's greatest pharmacy, which is the human brain. And we start basically giving ourselves the medicine we need instead of relying on something outside ourselves. And so alpha is, is the gateway to these feel good drugs. That's why a lot of drugs will start to put people into these altered states like this. Um, and with, with alpha too, if, if somebody's into drama, you know, the drama class, I'm not talking about drama in their life, but, but <laughs> drama, drama class and, um, you know, they're able to act like some people get so into character, they forget who they really were. You know, uh-huh. that happens to a lot of Hollywood actors and actresses yeah. because they get so locked in because there's no time there. The, the structures of time and reality start to unhinge. Um, now, theta, the next brainwave state, unless you have a question about alpha. Yes, I do. Okay. So because I am working a lot with high achievers and high performers, they want to be productive. They want to, you know, obviously be always the best. Um, which brain state should they be in? Should they be in beta or should they be in alpha? They're in between. That's the SMR. The SMR is between alpha and, and beta. Okay. Uh, they say that Einstein actually functioned most of the time in alpha, even though he was a mathematician, uh, which means he had discretionary access to his unconscious. Your, your conscious mind can only do so much, in, 
so much computing, right? They say seven plus or minus two, but your unconscious or your subconscious, however you want to think about that, where people like Bruce Lipton say that you're, we're actually 95% of the time ran by our subconscious. Mm -hmm. They can do 50 million things at one time. In fact, it's, it has to do at least 75 trillion things every nanosecond because it's monitoring every cell of the body and feeding back into the cerebrum the information that needs to feed back through the impairment uh, nervous system. So there's, there's so much information going on there. If somebody wants to tap into their highest potential, they have to start tapping into more and more of that brain cycle uh, mm -hmm. rather than the beta brain. The beta brain is just your reactionary brain. It's the, it's the part that protects you. It's, think of it like when you think about primitive um, animals, you don't think about the most intelligent animals. You know, you're thinking about these yeah. are the ones that, so that's the part of your brain that just says, hey, we want to be safe. We're going to take care of it. And it can also, if it runs amok, then it can also create too much stress and, and too much anxiety in our life. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, that's okay. super interesting. So we get to theta. Theta is right now is the most, um, for out there in the pharmaceutical world, it's right now being one of the most researched brainwave states because people are trying to create GABAnoids. When you're in theta, you create GABA. Mm -hmm. When you're in alpha, you create um, the acetylcholine. When you're in beta, you have serotonin. Um, the, um, so as, the, I mean, I'm sorry, dopamine in beta. So most people have a dopamine addiction. That's why there are these games and these video games and mm -hmm. almost every addiction you can think of is a, is a, a dopamine addiction. Which Serotonin. is also light, right? So if people yeah. are working in the corporate world and they're constantly in front of their computers, constantly in front of their phones, it's an addiction as well, right? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Because I have a lot of um, clients that tell me they have like OC, like notification OCD. So they're addicted to like constantly checking their phones, constantly like being from one screen to the other because we are just sitting in front of the whole, the whole time. So that's actually what happens. Well, yeah. They actually have a diagnosis now called mophobia mobile phone phobia, you know, so people have these issues. Um, they say that the mobile, your mobile phone is trumped even going to the bathroom because people will check their Facebook status before they even go to the bathroom in the morning. So, yeah. I mean, there's some big issues there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and what they're really getting is a dopamine addiction. So mm -hmm. let's say that you text somebody and they don't respond to you. You're going to text them again and text mm -hmm. them again, maybe even call them. But when they respond to you, you get this good feeling. Well, well, you just got a dopamine hit because they, they, you got that almost like a game. You know, they, you got the little ting and you started mm -hmm. feeling good. So, mm -hmm. but with, with the gabanoids, with theta, they know that one out of three people in the world are not sleeping well. Mm -hmm. That's a big number. And I think it's even worse than that because at seminars that I give, I have people raise their hand that, that feel like they could sleep better. I don't say if they have a sleeping problem, but most people feel like, They're not getting the maximum sleep that they need. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I would say it's, it's almost 80% of the room, you know, that will say they think they, could, they have the potential for greater sleep. Well, they know that GABA, which is the neurotransmitter you get when you're in theta, that prepares you for deep sleep. Also, theta is really responsible for guiding you from being awake, your short-term memories, and storing them into long-term memory. So if you don't have the GABAnoids available, available your brain won't process. Mm -hmm. So you'll go to sleep, but you won't, you won't process your day. And you'll, it's mm -hmm. like having a to-do list that just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. And pretty soon it turns into anxiety and stress and fear. Mm -hmm. uh, so theta is really important in that it's very hard to trigger theta on your own. It's because it's a natural state, but everyone goes through it usually when they go to sleep and when they wake up. 
at least a couple of times. At night, though, you should actually experience it anywhere between seven to eight times. Each of these brainwave states should be accessed, so you're building up your neurotransmitter bank account, so the next day you can handle and transact daily information mm-hmm. based on also when you have light. Light is responsible for triggering the mitochondria to produce ATP, which is the currency of the body for rebuilding and repairing the body. Mm-hmm. So all of these things play a role. Of course, one's not more important than the other. They all just play a role in what's happening. But theta, if you're missing theta, the brainwaves are, are not digital, which means you can't jump from alpha to delta. You've got to flow through theta. It's like a river. It's not like an airplane where we get to take off and land in another place. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we work with autistic children, for instance, they don't have alpha. If we scan them with, with any brain technology, they're either going to have less than 5% alpha or zero. Mm-hmm. That, that means they're either stimming, which means when they're in high beta, their body's shaking and quaking, mm-hmm. uh, or they're disassociated when they're in deep theta. So, mm-hmm. but theta is really important to sleep. So most adults are missing theta. That's why they can't sleep. So that's why most of our, tra- I would say 90% of our training on brain tap is about training the theta brainwave. Mm-hmm. But in order to train theta, we also have to train delta and alpha because it's kind of like we've got to bridge the two. We've got to get them to come together. Yeah. And uh, so we have an algorithm that trains to that. Um, any and questions how, about? Yeah. And yes. Uh, how do you how do you train people on getting into theta state? Well, the, the brain will follow light, sound and vibration. So we have an algorithm. We've been creating it since the 80s. But there's a, your brain will follow it. And we found that we have to change the pattern. The brain loves patterns. Mm -hmm. So we have to change that pattern every three to five seconds. And as we do that, the brain will change and it will actually follow the brainwave. So instead of having to do it consciously, like a lot of people do with meditation or with neurofeedback, we can actually do it with just, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is put the equipment on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like going to the mountains. When somebody goes to the mountains, when somebody says, why do the, you hear about all these sages going to the mountains and meditating? Well, <laughs> the, mountains, the mountains themselves resonate at 7.8 hertz frequency. That's theta. Uh-huh. So when you're sitting in the theta state, you're sitting in a mountain meditating. You're sitting, everything around you is in theta. You're going to reach those deeper levels of meditation, just being in a cave or a mountain. You know, that's what they're doing. If you're, you couldn't do the same thing or... The average person, there could be Buddhist adepts or something that do, but the average person can't sit in the middle of New York City and meditate like that. There's too much craziness going on. And the body's always trying to match its environment. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's I'm, I'm laughing, I'm smiling here because uh, my listeners know that I live in Lake Tahoe. Um, so I live between, you know, the lake that's beautiful and I'm sure it has probably something similar to ocean waves and frequencies. And I live in the mountains as well. Um, and that's where I felt always really safe and really like it felt very healing to me. So I love that you're saying that of how powerful it really is, like even like neuroscientifically proven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where you're at, I'm sure it's between, it's probably between 7.8 and, and 10 or 10. When I lived in the Bay Area, we'd drive through there all the time and visit and it's beautiful there. So mm-hmm. any body of water, any, they actually in Chinese cultures, in Japanese cultures, they do what they call forest walking. Mm-hmm. And they've actually proven that when you walk through the forest, especially if you do it barefoot, like grounding, you're actually getting a lot of different um, neurochemical reactions in the body. Your body actually has an interplay with nature that you can't get just by walking on asphalt or walking around a city. So you're getting exposed to all of that. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're designed to live in nature, not to live in 
you know. Yeah, in concrete jungle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, awesome. So thank you so much for the summary of the of the brainwave states. I think that's so, so powerful and so interesting. And um, so again, because my listeners, they are all high achievers. They want to stay there. They don't want to get stressed out. They want to remove the stress or um, reduce the stress. I always say anti-stress is not really possible because we are just you know, made in a way that our bodies will over, always get into the sympathetic state and will get into the fight and flight response. Um, but what can they do from a brainwave perspective and looking at all of the information that you shared with us today, what could they do in order to better train their brains to be performant? Well, the, what we find, what we know to be true about the biology, and we're very fortunate, there's a Duke University's 1% owner of our company, and we're partners with a, a Brazil university down in San Clarita University and also Guadalajara University in India. Mm -hmm. And they've all kind of proved out the same thing. If you get up in the morning and you're not your best self, then we recommend doing, we call it digital coffee. Do we have a wake up your brain program? And so you have to train the brain to wake up. A lot of people wake up, but their brain doesn't wake up till 10 or 11. And if it takes coffee to wake you up, I don't, I like coffee myself, but I don't have my coffee till 10, 1030. You know, I'm not drinking my coffee to just, you know, stimulate myself to get up. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm awake itself. Yeah. Now, at two o'clock, everyone on the planet, wherever you're at in your time zone, your temperature changes. You have a drop in core temperature. That's why you're tired. It doesn't mean go get Starbucks. You know, the, the, the most people running go get, you know, the, yeah. it means it's time to take a nap. But because we can't take naps, to get the benefit of a nap, you have to spend three to four hours. There's mm -hmm. not a high achiever I know that says, okay, I'm going to carve out three to four hours out of my day. We know with, with BrainTap or with, with our algorithm on our app that within 20 minutes, you can reboot. And science has now shown that if you do that in the, in the afternoon about that time, you're going to reclaim 80% of the energy you had in the morning. Mm -hmm. So now you can have more of your afternoon. Uh, we also find if you can't do it at work, if you can't do it at two o'clock or around that time, then do it right when you get home because then you're going to treat your husband or wife better, your family. You're not going to have all that stress. <laughs> I um, love that idea. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. So if, I, if it's two o'clock and I don't have time for a nap because I'm at work, would it also help if I would just go for a walk outside in nature? Walking and breathing is the most important. Our nervous system is designed for walking and breathing. When somebody tells me, someone asks me outside of brain tap or meditation or stress reduction techniques, something like that, the best thing you can do is either start yoga, start doing yoga, uh, start doing Tai Chi or martial arts, or do ballroom dancing. Mm -hmm. Because when we test those people with all of our equipment, those people that do those things consistently, they have the nervous system that I want. Mm -hmm. So that's why you want to, I do martial arts and I do yoga. So uh, you wouldn't want to see me dancing. But the other thing, you know. <laughs> Why dancing? That's super interesting. Yeah. Well, dancing, because you ever seen somebody dance that holds their breath? Like if you go, if you go watch the, the, go to the seventh and eighth grade dances and you'll see the girls out there having a good time, having fun with them, but then the guys can't dance because they're holding their breath. They don't know what to do. You can't move if you don't breathe. Mm -hmm. you'll, so breathing is so key and learning to breathe and move is something that most people have forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they think we, we get hit with so much stress every day. And every time we do that, we used to get hit by these high stressors maybe two or three times a week. Now it happens two or three times before breakfast because if somebody doesn't like our post on Facebook, you know, what's going to happen? Exactly. You know, yeah. different things like that. Yeah. 
Hmm. And out of curiosity, what, what did you do in India? You said you were in India for four weeks. Yeah. Well, mostly I was uh, communicating with the colleges there. They, okay. they use BrainTap there and they're doing research. Uh, okay. They're really big into photobiomodulation now and brain waves. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to speak at um, NIMINUS, which is their, their, it would be equivalent to our health organization here in America. Okay. They had me come in and talk to all of their people about using BrainTap. And you'd think everybody in India meditates, but they don't. They, because they don't want to be Americans now, which is a bad thing. <laughs> you know, they, they need to remember their culture. But we did, we did a study where we showed the difference between regular meditation and brain tap meditation. And nothing compares to what we do for the non-meditator. Now, somebody who's a, um, you know, who meditates a lot, you can't really improve upon. We did meet a couple people. Like I went to Ames, which is probably the most research for yoga and different things like that in the world. Uh, I went to Ames Bhopal and we we actually did some tracking with one of the instructors in the psychology department and he he was awesome. His his nervous system was really working and functioning, but he did a meditation process and a breathing technique. And he's one of the few in the world that I've ever measured that actually was on par with what brain tap can do for somebody. But you don't have to do anything with brain tap, you just put it on and do it. So we were talking about that. And we were also uh, talking about we have a light helmet which is they use for concussions and things like that. So mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a medical tour, but we got three days to go to Rishikesh and pretend we were yogis for, for four days. So that was fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so question on all of the books that you've written, because you've written so many, if somebody would like to start reading one of your books, which like, especially when it comes to understanding maybe brainwaves and all the things that we talked about today, which one would you recommend? Well, they can go to braintap.pro and get it for free. It's Thrive and Overdrive. It's my latest book that I've done. Okay. And there's chapter four in there. talks all about brainwaves and about um, the technology, why I think we need technology to get mm -hmm. us where we need to go from here because we're getting bombarded with technology. So we need to get the fix, mm -hmm. you know, in that way as well. Amazing. Great. Thank you so much for that. Um, I have always a few questions at the end of each podcast, so I'm going to move yep. into those. The first question is, what are you most grateful for in your life? I'm most grateful for the acceptance that BrainTap has gotten and the support I've gotten from my wife, from my staff, and just getting the word out there. I mean, we're just, it's, it's everywhere I look, things are happening that are just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, what do you live your life by? Do you, have your, do you have like three wisdoms that you live your life by or, you know, um, yeah, quote, like, you know, I, I always refer to. Well, my, my biggest quote is that I learned from a teacher actually in India. He said, service to humanity is service to divinity. So mm -hmm. we, we feel like um, every day I get up and I want to, our goal and everybody who works for me knows that we want to affect a billion brains. Mm -hmm. uh, in a positive way. If we could get a billion brains meditating every morning, the earth would change mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the frequency. We know genetically that when we relax and we change our lives, we change genetically seven generations forwards and backwards. So mm -hmm. when we change ourselves, we're not just changing ourselves anymore. Science has shown that we're changing our community. Mm -hmm. So my, I get up every morning saying, what can I do today to change my community for the positive? Mm -hmm. and and if i if it doesn't do that then i don't participate you know that's the main focus and i believe firmly that if you help enough people you'll make enough money and i i've been fortunate in my life that i haven't really had to worry too much about money because you just focus on helping people mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else? Any other wisdoms that you can? Well, think I think the, the one thing that I tell people a lot is that you have to master where you are now to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So many people think that they're in the wrong place. You are in the right place right now. Mm -hmm. Whatever is happening at this very moment is exactly what you need to evolve into your true potential, your spiritual potential, because we're spiritual beings having a physical reality. You know, so we mm -hmm. need to just awaken that part of ourselves. And then whatever's next will be more exciting than you ever dreamed possible. Don't focus so much on what's going to happen tomorrow. Focus on what you can do today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you have any books that have changed your life? Yeah, there's, uh, well, the, my dad, when I was growing up, I was treated a little differently than most. We got in trouble. We had to read different books. The one book that he had us read, <laughs> I talk about it in my Waking the Genius, was uh, As a Man Thinketh. Mm -hmm. So when we were younger, I probably read that book 100 to 200 times because I got in trouble a lot. <laughs> you know, and, and it helped me to realize that I think now they have a book that's As a Woman Thinketh too. So, you know, you can you kind of, but I think that one changed my life mm -hmm. in a very big way. And then also the power of thinking big mm -hmm. uh, really changed my life when I started to, my own business back in the, um, you know, early 90s, um, changed the way I thought because I came from a really small town and, uh, you know, to be able to do the things I've done, I had to change my way of thinking totally. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think uh, one book that I often recommend to people is Autobiography of the Yogi. If somebody really wants to, because that, that book just totally shifted. I mean, this is somebody who came to America, shared his whole story. If you really want to learn about how, uh, what they've done in India and their meditation, that's a, that's an awesome book. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what's next for BrainTap and for you in 2020? Well, we have a lot of big things going on. The, um, I think the biggest thing is that we're, we're really opening up India now. Mm -hmm. uh, to get to our billion brains, we have uh, an opening in China and also in India. So we have two thirds of the world there. <laughs> so yeah, I think perfect. those are some big things. And we have, uh, I mean, we have some really great partnerships coming up. Um, you know, then, and I think that, um, you know, if somebody goes to hashtag BrainTap, they'll see last year alone, we had over 32 um, mainstream articles. We were voted the best new, uh, the best home meditation device. We beat out. Uh, a, a Google product and a, um, and um, the, um, the neurofeedback product, um, Muse, which I think they're both really good products. Uh, mm -hmm. They're not really what we do, but they, they call them meditation devices. Um, but I mean, there's, we're getting so much great influence. I think that the, the biggest thing for us is going to be, and now we're ready to really go more onto the national screen because we've been doing this for years, but nobody would believe that your brain waves have anything to do with what's going on now because science is showing, Hey, it does have something to do with it. Because People like Joe Dispenza who are, you know, he's very articulate and um, we bring him out. Uh, I'm also the Dean of brain-based studies at quantum university. So we mm -hmm. bring out Joe Dispenza there to speak um, usually every five years because we can't afford him other than that, but he's very good. I mean, he's got yeah. a great message. Amazing. That's super cool. So you already shared a couple of ways of how people can um, find out more about BrainTap. Is there a way to reach out potentially to you if, if that's a possibility? Oh, yeah. If they go to that site, that's my site. It's, okay. That will link them directly to me. Okay. Um, and then they'll get my email. Back. Okay. <laughs> and if they want to ask me a question or something like that, they can, they can ask me questions. And um, 
a lot of times if uh, I do have staff that helps, but we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get with people and see what we can do to help them. Yeah. I mean, we're also, if people want to try out the equipment, we're in 2,200 clinics across America. So there's a chance that right down the road from where you are right now, somebody's using BrainTap mm -hmm. and we could, we could send them there to try it for free. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's going, wow, how can they, obviously they can't come to Newburn, North Carolina, unless they <laughs> were in the area, but we have doctors all over the country and Canada. So okay. we, we can help them out. Awesome. And would they be able to find a registry or something where all of the... That, that is being, it, it's, our website is being revamped right now. So okay. that part of it isn't working. But if they, if they send an email to, to us here at support at braintap.com, okay. um, if they, they, in, if they go to the site and get the free book and that, they can then, they'll have all the contact information there. Okay. And we can send them out a link to the person near them. Perfect. Awesome. Well, this has been such a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I learned uh, so much and had a really great refresher on the different brainwaves and how we can use them to our own benefits and our own potential. And yeah, I'm super excited for what you're doing with BrainTap and I'm really curious to see what's next for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a 5-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.